Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to American West History and Lore. I am your host, Paul Workman, and on this episode, we're going to be discussing the mysterious death of Meriwether Lewis of the famed Lewis and Clark Expedition and some of the strange circumstances surrounding that death. I hope everyone is enjoying the show so far, and if you are, I'd really appreciate it if you would head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and Google Play and give us a kind review and rating if you, if you feel the need to do so. Uh, it really helps get the word out about the show and allows other folks like yourself to find it much easier. Uh, if you have any topics that you're interested in concerning the American West, feel free to send them to me at thepkworkman at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-P-K-W-O-R-K-M-A-N at gmail.com. And when I say any topics, that means basic history, myths, legends, lore, or easy here, and honestly, like to keep the topics broad. In fact, I'm in the process of writing a multi-part episodes concerning some of the lost minds of the American West and the legends and stories behind those. So stay tuned for that. Those are always entertaining to hear about. Anyway, enough chatting though. Let's get into this episode, The Mysterious Death of Meriwether Lewis. He was a field scientist, a man who was sent to chronicle botanical, zoological, meteorological, geographic, and ethnographic information. However, to most people back in the early 1800s and today, Meriwether Lewis is best known as an explorer. He and William Clark led the Lewis and Clark expedition through areas of America's center that, as far as we know, no one had explored, with the exception of the Native Americans, of course. To put this into perspective, for those of you who were around, you know, when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin first stepped foot on the moon, and how big of an event that was, this was as big of a deal for Americans in the country's infancy as that. The expedition took them down the Ohio River, up the Missouri River, across the Continental Divide, into the Pacific Ocean. When they returned home, they were treated as elites for accomplishing a, t- a major task that had been thrust upon them by President Thomas Jefferson. Lewis received payment for his efforts as well as 1,600 acres of land. He was also made governor of the Louisiana Territory in 1808. Oh yeah, did I mention that he had accomplished all of this by the time he was 34 years of age? Now I wish I could say that everything worked out for Lewis in the end, and that he lived a long and healthy life basking in the success of his valiant effort. However, I can't. Lewis died a year after being appointed governor in 1809 at 35 years old. To many historians, his death is believed to have been a suicide, but there are many out there who are convinced that rather he was murdered, and evidence exists for both claims. Now, prior to Lewis's death, he had planned a trip to Washington, D.C. in order to resolve some, quote, issues regarding the denied payments of drafts he had drawn against the War Department while serving as governor of the Upper Louisiana Territory, leaving him in potentially ruinous debt, end quote. Now, for this specific journey, he was to travel on a ship from New Orleans. He changed his plans, though, and decided to take an overland route instead, which would take him to the Natchez Trace and then east to Washington. On the evening of October 10, 1809, Lewis and his two servants arrived at an inn known as Grinder's Inn. It was a poorly built cabin that took in overnight customers, but nevertheless, it was still a roof over their head. Mr. Grinder was away, therefore Mrs. Grinder and her children were left alone to hold down the fort. 
Now, according to Mrs. Grinder, after Lewis had checked in and settled down for the evening, Lewis had began to act quite strange, pacing in front of the cabin as if extremely nervous about something. She even stated that at dinner, he started speaking to himself in a violent manner. He then lit a pipe, told Mrs. Grinder what a pleasant evening it had been, and then proceeded to pace the yard. As Mrs. Grinder prepared Lewis a bed, he told her that since the Lewis and Clark expedition, he could no longer sleep on a feather bed and that he would sleep on the floor. His servants went to the barn for the evening and Mrs. Grinder to the kitchen. She claimed that for several hours she could hear Lewis pace and speak to himself in the lingo that a lawyer might use. In the early hours of October 11th, Mrs. Grinder heard a gunshot and then heard Lewis fall to the floor and yell, Oh Lord! She then heard another gunshot. He had been shot once through the head and once through the chest. He had survived both gunshots, managed to pull himself out of his room and say, quote, Oh madam, give me some water and heal my wounds, end quote. Mrs. Grinder did not immediately go to the aid of Lewis, but instead waited until first light and sent her children to go grab his servants. He supposedly told his servants that he tried to kill himself to deprive his enemies of the pleasure and honor of doing it, and then proceeded to tell his servants to take his rifle and blow out his brains and that they could have all of his money from his trunk. Shortly after this, Lewis passed away. It truly sounds like a suicide, and perhaps most likely it was. Let's take a look at the suicide scenario. Lewis was young, extremely young to have taken on what he did from the expedition to his governorship. Perhaps he was extremely stressed by these undertakings, and not to mention, he was in pretty bad debt as well. This alone can make a person question life, not knowing if constantly worrying about money is worth living. There is one theory that persists which could have caused his stress to become amplified, though. We all know the famous book or movie, Alice in Wonderland, and one of its most infamous characters, the Mad Hatter. We all know that the Mad Hatter is a little, well, off, or crazy. Well, this goes back to the days of fur hat making. Hat makers would use mercury to treat the fur, and then they would shape the hats with bare hands. The mercury would be absorbed into the bloodstream and in most cases would cause mercury poisoning. Chronic low-level exposure to such a metal over time can cause many issues including aggressive behavior, memory loss, depression, irritability, and learning deficits. Not to mention physical problems such as liver and kidney dysfunction, fatigue, infer infertility, and headaches. So what does this have to do with Meriwether Lewis? Well. Lewis needed a fair amount of medicines for his expedition. His medical advisor, Dr. Benjamin Rush, told Lewis the following, quote, When you feel the least indisposition, do not attempt to overcome it by labor or marching. Rest in a horizontal posture, also fasting and diluting drinks for a day or two, will generally prevent an attack of fever. To these preventatives of disease may be added a gentle sweat obtained by warm drinks, or gently opening the bowels by means of one, two, or more of the purging pills. End quote. Now, the purging pill was generally known as thunderclappers. Rush felt that basically they were a cure-all. These pills were, unfortunately, composed of calomel, a mixture of six parts mercury to one part chlorine and JLEP. This was the preferred treatment for syphilis which was used up until World War II, 
when penicillin came to be. To add more insult to injury, it is said that Thomas Jefferson reported that Lewis's family history was said to have been filled with manic depressants, or bipolar disease as we know it today. So with all of the evidence I just spoke of, is it probable that suicide was the cause of death? Absolutely. However, because conspiracy theories exist on the contrary, it is important to discuss them as well. Was Lewis murdered? If Lewis wasn't having a mental breakdown, and as Mrs. Grinder's account tells us that Lewis was talking to himself before the gunshots ring out, then if it wasn't himself he was talking to, who was it? A drifter? His servants? Perhaps Mr. Grinder came back unnoticed and after an altercation shot Lewis dead, told his wife to make up a story, and then fled. After all, it is said that John Grinder was later arrested and brought to trial before a grand jury for the murder of Lewis. However, charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. According to historian John Geis, who is a retired professor of history at the University of Southern Mississippi and editor of the book, By His Own Hand? The Mysterious Death of Meriwether Lewis. There is scant evidence for suicide and several possible motives for murder. He states that, quote, There were many people in St. Louis who were unhappy with his decisions concerning property and mining rights and money. End quote. He also said that Lewis was in a bad neighborhood of Tennessee, especially for someone carrying large amounts of cash. Geis also wonders where all of Lewis's money went, because again, according to Geis, quote, when they inventoried his possessions, there was no mention of any money. End quote. Now, this is curious to me because if you remember from earlier in the story, Lewis had, quote, told his servants to take his rifle, blow out his brains, and take all of his money from his trunk. Could his servants have murdered him for money? I suppose it's entirely possible, especially when stories of eyewitnesses don't add up. Either way, Lewis's ending was tragic, especially for a man who dedicated so much of his life to the exploration of America and service to America in general. One thing is for certain, though, and that is that Meriwether Lewis will never be forgotten. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of American West History and Lore. If you want to send me any topic suggestions, like I mentioned earlier, feel free. Send me an email at thepkworkman at gmail.com. Thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.